Hello and welcome to the Saturday Night Live Podcast. It's Bruce Marler. I am Connor O'Hara. It is casual Friday. Oh, Marler, are you are you drinking anything today? I had a green tea. Should I? How thirty four has changed. <laughs> I'm not drinking anything either. I got water. Okay. So I I just realized too we got a hot streak going because this is the seventeenth straight podcast we've recorded with me wearing the same shirt. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, you're lucky I don't do screenshots of this every time. It would I mean, you should. It's fine. Yeah, Remember when I had that idea to do like, hey, let's do a let's do a daily outfit of the day for for bloggers, like sports bloggers, like as like a joke. And then I thought about this yesterday. That would be the worst idea ever because I've only worn like three things since 2018, so it's fine. The pit stains that you probably have on those three things oh, are lovely. Yikes. Yikes! I haven't put on deodorant during all of quarantine, so that's I mean, it's whatever. And you're still engaged. Congratulations. <laughs> We have a mom's edition of Fourth and Wrong because we were a little bit late on birthday week and then we're, of course, late on Mother's Day. But we've never, like, we've, we've obviously, like, we've talked a lot about our both of our respective moms before on this podcast. Everybody knows Pastor Patty Sue. Shout out to both of her Twitter accounts. Yes, I said both. <laughs> they are both great. They are electric during quarantine. They are the They're, content. Are that they the you same? Need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't get it. I still don't understand why she has two. Wait, you don't follow both of them like I do? I I do, but I only see like one thing. Yeah, it's 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 the same thing, but it's still it's very very good stuff. You should definitely. She is killing it. She is killing it. We have uh, Stump Marler coming up at the end. Just recorded that with our good buddy Jay Woody, as always. A little bit of a different style this week, but um, same same result. Yeah, we can can say that. We can say that. That's fair. (laughs) All right. Before we get into all of our questions today for fourth and wrong, Marler, I see that you have been betting, but not as not as frequently. Well, at least playing poker because you've been trying to like you know. I don't want to say wean yourself off of it, but no, I'm not doing that at all. So I told. I I mean, yesterday was Allie and I's third anniversary of when we met which is as i told will it's pretty cool because we had our third anniversary we met yesterday and this fall will if my let me check my notes here will be our sixth anniversary of being engaged so that's uh i think the math is correct on that one you're right but um so i told her i was like have you noticed i haven't played poker this week and she's like yeah i'm very proud of you and i was like she's like i mean that's i think that's a smart move i was like let's not get ahead of ourselves i'm playing again but i mean the anniversary's over (laughs) so Make sure you get on to betonline.ag today. Um, we talk about the poker stuff every week. There's a lot of other stuff you can do. We talked about you can do sports simulations. You can do table tennis. You can talk about future betting, the, the football season. And that's what I want to talk about today is the Heisman. So, Connor, Ooh. let's say I give you $100. you got to put it on one guy. Who you, who you putting it on? I've actually written – I wrote this column last week. That's why I brought it because up. Because I – as I always say – only suckers bet on the preseason favorites to win the Heisman Trophy. Only Maybe they one. Don't throw that in there. Just say who you'd bet it on. No, only. <laughs> I, I need to throw this out there first. Only one of the last eleven Heisman right. Trophy Heisman Trophy winners started off as a preseason top two candidate. That was Marcus Mariota, 2014. There you go. Hasn't happened since. So if you're betting on the Heisman, if you're going to be doing it with Bet Online, like you should, I think you go after somebody like Sam Howell. 
the quarterback yep. at UNC. I think somebody, yes, I know I've gotten a lot of crap for this before, but in terms of the odds, I'm not saying he's one of the favorites, but the odds on Kyle Trask are mighty intriguing in terms yeah, of they the are. path that he can follow. I don't, and if, if it's like 30 to 1 or 40 to 1, whatever it is on him, but you're looking to maximize your money, right? You, yeah. Everybody wants to be that guy who laid down 50 bucks on Joe Burrow and cashed out 10 grand. That yeah. is the dream. If you can do that, you can go viral. You can do some good in the world. Maybe give some of that money to charity. Like, I can't you remember the name of the guy. Put some money in your pocket. Bottom put line. Put some money in your pocket, too. But Sam Howell, put Kyle Trask, bank. another one that unpopular, Dylan McCaffrey, throwing that out there as well. Uh, Mikhail Cunningham, quarterback at Louisville. People are forgetting about Louisville right now with Scott Satterfield and the offensive potential that they have there and how good he was once he took over the starting job. Those are just a few names. Tanner Morgan, Minnesota. There's another one right, for so you. Good odds. If you could put it on one person, you gave us seven total names. So that's good. Yes, the I'm spreading out. I'm, I'm splashing the pot. I'm, I'm hedging a little bit. Okay, yes. so what I'm doing is this. And again, you can do all this at BetOnline.ag today. Uh, we're going to have a little video. Me and my boy, Tyler Huck, we're going to have a little video uh, with Will, actually, that will be coming out as well, kind of talking about this. You led Ooh. the way with uh, with the article. And it's, again... Pretty smart stuff. Now, here's here's a couple interesting ones I'm going to throw out here. And, again, you can do this right now at BetOnline. Like, we're having a season, guys. I'll just say it. Okay? We're going to have a season. Derek Stingley Jr., listed as a cornerback and receiver. Mm. What? So, I'm saying, like, I'm just what not do they know? enough. What do they what know? What do they know? And Vegas always knows, guys. So, I, I love the Sam Howell pick. I love the Sam Howell pick. The guy had 38 touchdowns last year. He had okay? 38-7 TDINT. If, yeah, if, I, I tweeted this out. If somebody, if a freshman did that in 1990, he'd have a statue right now. There's well, no doubt in my mind. 1990, the guy that won the Heisman was Andre Ware, but in, no, that was was that Detmer? Was that Detmer's year? Oh, I thought that well, he threw 38. Years. He threw th- 41 touchdowns and 28 interceptions. They're like, man, what an arm! <laughs> Look at those touchdowns. Um, anyway, yeah. So I, what I would say is this: don't don't put your money on a running back because very seldom does that happen. But I love that Tanner Morgan pick. I love that Tanner Morgan pick. Very and attractive. I kind of like the Derek Singley Jr. pick. It's such a long shot, and the odds are plus plus 5,000 on that. But here's the deal. He also, like we see, we talked about the Charles Woodson thing a while ago. I didn't realize that he was a first-team AP All-American last year as a true freshman. Yep. I knew he deserved to be, but didn't know that. Anyway, regardless, you can bet on them or anyone else you would like to spend your money on at betonline.ag today, tomorrow, the next day, whatever. Dude, they got they got uh, actual odds for Panay Sewell at Oregon. Love it. The offensive <laughs> so, tackle. Get your it. money on the tackle. Oh, you know what's a good one, too, by the way? Rondell Moore at plus 6,600. Uh, throwing it out not as, not as crazy about that. Go to betonline.ag today. Uh pretty sure Allie is taking queso for a long walk later this afternoon so I'll be over at BetOnline as well playing a little poker so we'll see you guys there anyway moving on Derek Stingley by the way pro football focuses most valuable non-quarterback ever that's not talking about freshmen that's not just talking about defensive players yeah most valuable non-quarterback and I, I know Pro football focus, say what you want about their grading system or whatever. <laughs> Sometimes it's a little bit of a mystery how they come up with some of these things. But yeah, Derek Stingley, very good at football. This just did. Very, he is very good at football. One thing I will say about, about this is uh, i got to give a shout-out to Cole Kublik and uh, our boy Barrett Lee 
for doing a little deep dive recently mm. um, on on Jamie Newman's numbers. And may, and I've been all over the Jamie Newman hype train strictly because of, of PFF. But the balls in the tight windows thing, yeah. Yeah, but also the fact that his numbers against ranked teams are... Uh, or teams with winning records is not the same. Regardless, we're going to get into some uh, much more lighter stuff, I, I think, I hope. I don't know wh- where my emotions will take me. But we're going to talk about moms. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. T- yeah, here we go. You're up. Let's start, let's start with Michael Dark, who I realized, and he pointed this out in the Facebook group. Shout out to Michael. I always butcher the pronunciation of his last name when he's he comes up with the question. I always say like Darkie or something like that. And apparently that's yeah. what he said his high school buddies still call him. But it's just Michael Dark. So he had a, I mean, I figured it'd be fitting if we gave him the very first question here. And it's the question that people like us now in our early 30s. I'm a 30-something. That's still weird to me. Um, it's the question yeah. that we always get. And that is, when are you having kids? The question that every mom has for you when you get married and or... They like your significant other. I guess the the question off of that then is, when did you first get that question from your mom? Oh, she my my mom is a very conservative. She's a pastor, like she's a very conservative person since like day one. Because when they met Allie, they were like, oh, "Wow, upgrade! Like good for you, Chris! <laughs> <laughs> like you, like get her pregnant now." <laughs> so um, I don't know. We're I mean. <laughs> we're still planning on getting married and at this point so we, we actually this is ironic we talked about this yesterday um if if we have to push our wedding back again because of covid and coronavirus because like we talked about this the very realistic chance if if people aren't allowed to have gatherings and, and we get like another spike this fall like they're expecting if we can't have gatherings like yeah we're not gonna have people at the wedding wearing masks and not and, and being six feet yeah. apart and doing like dancing that just that would suck it just defeats the purpose of the day so if that happens, we're just—I mean, yeah—like we'll be pumping out a kid by next spring. <laughs> <laughs> so Wait, what's the updated date? The updated uh, date October eighth. It's a Thursday because so, and I brought this up before. If we did it, because we talked about like if we pushed it back, I was like, you know, we could always push it back to spring, I guess, the following year if we had to. And if we there's not any open dates. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like I don't, I don't, I don't know. This whole thing is so stressful. Hey, so go so back stressful. to go back to college. Thursday night is the night to go out. <laughs> no but Friday like, classes. Dude, We're good. Do you have any idea how much money? I'll say it off air. How much money we saved from having a Thursday wedding? Like it was, it was yeah, like it's insane. It is, it's crazy because everyone because everyone had to change theirs or they already had stuff planned for that weekend for Friday and Saturday. But anyway, yeah, that's that's when we're planning on having kids. Speaking of weddings. Um, so at our wedding, basically like, you know, where everybody's kind of like heading home, everybody's kind of hung over that, that yeah. following day, you know, my mom comes downstairs. She's like, so kids, oh what do you guys, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. My mom didn't. Did she really? But she didn't? No, she didn't do that. She didn't do that. She waited like a solid six months before she asked. That's that nice. Yeah. I mean, you know, we still, we've been married for three and a half years. Yeah. Three and a half years, almost getting, getting close to four um and we are not in any immediate rush we still would like yeah. to take a little we, we would like to take another trip to, to europe would be the goal that's before, that surprises that. me we 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 had decided that a long time ago that that's we good. wanted to because we got we got engaged at 24 we've been together since since the end of college so yeah. we kind of just decided but you're gonna be such a good dad i don't know we'll see we'll see <laughs> out of all the comments ever give you the one for you to shy away from that was know, not man. it no i, I mean like I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how either of us will be if we have a girl. But I mean, I think you'll be. You'll crush I, I it as want a dad. to. 
I really? want to. I you yeah. Make all that I, the hashtag. Well, no, I mean not just that. Like I, you know, I have am, I, I've I've been pretty open about this. I I had a brother. I had one brother yeah, growing yeah. up. He was twenty months older than me. He kicked my butt and everything. Yeah. I I have already kind of experienced what it's like, and I've only experienced that. I didn't have any sisters or anything growing up, and I have always always heard everybody who raises raises a girl says yeah. girls girls are just much better to raise than boys. Right. And in terms of, I yeah, I mean it it depends on the age. Yeah. But I've always I've always just wanted to be able to experience that experience a different thing than I that I went through as a kid, yeah. even though it would be out of my comfort zone. And obviously like there would be some adjustment there, but I, I've always talked about that. So my mom has long story short, like my mom has thrown it out there kind of like nonchalantly because my brother's not getting married. My brother is kind of in your boat right now where he and his fiance are supposed to get married actually um, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And they're thinking about having to move it back and all that stuff. So, um, Crazy. she's my mom has been very much like hey so when's it gonna happen when's it gonna happen yeah she's only got two to, de- to depend on so right um but are either one of you gonna off. take the path that her family took and have a 13 like a, just 101 dalmatians so my mom is one of 12 <laughs> That's and she crazy. is she is a triplet and i always say i always I know that. yeah yeah she is uh she was number nine and then my um and then her triplet siblings were 10 and 11 um, so she's very, very oh, young wow. for her age. Uh, big Irish family, of course. Yeah. Um, but I always I say, Grandpa, God, thank God you guys didn't stop after eight, man. Thank yeah, God. For real. Uh, yeah, that would have been really bad. But good question. Thank you, Michael Dark, for that. There you go. Okay. Um, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here's a good one uh, from Jay Woody. What do you hope you do and don't pass on to your children? What makes you the proudest about your mom? Oh, that's. I feel like those are two very separate questions, aren't they? I, I was just about to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do. Uh, let's just do the proudest one about your mom, because there's nothing. Yeah, let's just do the proudest one about your mom. Let's do that. <laughs> okay, so this is gonna sound weird. This is gonna sound really weird. I was most proud of my mom after my dad died. Okay. Um, and weird. not to not to get too not to get too dark or anything, but. Watching the way that she handled it, and I was, um, this this happened uh, December 26, 2017, so day after Christmas, right yeah. before we started doing this podcast together. In fact, the first time, one of the first time we ever had like a group text, you and Will were talking like all day. And you oh guys had God. like 20 text messages or something. I like, look at my phone. I'm like, holy crap. And uh, I, I, I didn't mean, I realized like after I sent this that it came off probably in a really weird way. But I, I said to you guys, and keep in mind, like I didn't know you very well at all yet. We hadn't yeah. recorded a single podcast together. And you're like, when are we going to get this thing going? I'm like, oh, sorry that I was away all day. I was at my dad's funeral today. Um, and I felt bad saying that. But I was no, like, that's... well, that's, I didn't want you to think like I wasn't responding for, you know, no random reason. But my mom handled that like, I mean, like I never could have. Yeah, every stage of it, like taking care of my dad and going through, going through terminal cancer and all that stuff. If you've ever experienced it, I'm sure people that are listening to this have watched a, a loved one go through that and know just the patience and endurance that that it takes. And you really see a different side of you know if it's one of your parents that's going through and you see the other yeah. one of them taking care of it for it. Like that's love to me. And when I saw that, yeah. I was like. I, I have never seen this side, this nurturing side of my mom before. Where my dad is, you know, an independent guy. He always prides himself on taking care of himself. And watching the way that she handled that, all the way through the funeral and the aftermath. And that's not to say that she was like stone cold throughout it. I mean, she obviously had her tough moments, but 
I mean, just everything that she went through. I, yeah. I, I had a new respect for my mom. And I even remember saying it like my dad's, my dad's funeral celebration, which, you know, Irish custom is to be able to celebrate life. You know, you have it at a restaurant. It's, it's right. a fun time. Um, and we truly try to make it a celebration of life. But I, I remember like getting the microphone and being like, if you guys haven't seen like my, what my mom has done, like I've never been more proud. This, this yeah. is just, it's been incredible to watch her as a human being go through this. So I realize that's pretty personal, but that's. Yeah, I mean, no, that's good. I thought of my mom in a, in a different way ever since then. Well, can't follow that. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, um, no, so mine is, I mean, mine, I've shared this story on here before and I'll just, I'll share it again. But like my mom, I, I post it every, every Mother's Day. So she, uh, my dad left. Um, I'll, one, I'll, I'll try to one-up you right now with emotions. Do it. No, I'm kidding. So um, my dad left my mom when I, she was seven months pregnant with me. Um, and fun fact, I think I've told you this off air. We'll see how uncomfortable I can make you right now. Let's do it. Brought, brought another woman to the, uh, the delivery room. It is, a, it is a bold move. It is, the confidence is something you have to almost respect. But the actual moral foundation of it is questionable at best. Pretty terrible. Pretty terrible stuff. So um, my mom raised me by herself. She did an incredible job growing up because like, I, I really latched on to like, wanting to like, be just like my dad like at the time because I was like six, seven, eight years old, that kind of stuff. Um, and she never said a bad word or about him. It's just, like, it like just a really strong, independent woman. She went... She put herself through college. She put like she was like the financial breadwinner of the marriage, like with my dad. She had like, um, I'm trying to. She had, she graduated high school and college both in three years while working forty hours a week at Marshalls. Dang. And she's like just super, and she had she has like a four like just crazy smart. I don't know what how that skipped with me, but um, she then she like went into a job as like an administrative assistant for Marsha McLennan, which was a insurance brokers firm it's a fortune 500 company it's a big big company um and she worked her way up in the 90s which is like as we all know with equal pay and stuff like that especially back then pretty difficult to do she she worked her way up through like late 80s and 90s up the corporate ladder and by like 19 i guess 98 or 99 um she was like a regional vp making like six figures like she was making like a lot of money yeah, for at the time cool. especially and uh then just felt called uh, to become a pastor. She just, she felt like literally called, like she wanted to, and I'm sure like not everyone, not going to get into like religious beliefs, but I know Pastor Patty Sue is very, um, you know, outspoken and, and strong-willed about, about that decision. And so she just left. She left this, you know, 150K a year job, this like, like with, we just had another kid uh, with my little sister, was supporting the whole family because uh, my stepdad had lost his job. And, and so it was like this whole thing, but she just knew that's what she was called to do. And she decided to stop and became uh, uh, a pastor. And so then the cool thing about that, I always say this is like the one like chill, like goosebump story she, I, I have of her is she had to travel all the time for work. You've heard the story a thousand times, but like mm -hmm. she had to travel all the time for work. And one of the, one of the uh, places she had to travel to every single year, the second week of September was New York. And they had a, uh, office in the World Trade Center and um, on the 93rd floor. I think it was, it was like 93rd or 91st, uh, the South Tower. And the first year she didn't take that trip after she made this decision was 2001. And obviously a lot of people passed away that day. It was a terrible, terrible, horrific event. Um, but in some lucky fashion, for me at least, my mom was not one of them because it took a direct hit from one of the planes and she lost like tons of friends. So that's that makes me the most proud about her is 
especially whether you're like, you know, again, not to get on like a religious soapbox at all, um, but like whether you believe it or not, it's just such an incredible story that she followed like her faith and left all of these things that are like very easy to, to like, materialistic things to hold on to. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, I'm just, I will say it was 30K a year for this, this theology school. So, I mean, we still give her a hard time about that, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> You're up. <laughs> this is from uh, Jeff Jensen. Uh, he said, what moment in your life did your mother embarrass you the most? Drop off God. at school, party with friends. We all have one. Um, yeah, there's... There's one that definitely stands out. We were watching this. We've talked was, nice enough about these moms for a yeah, while. Let's, you know, let's just let's really get take to it the to real it. stuff. Uh, the Air and Water Show, I was in fifth grade. I was about to be in sixth grade. That age where you're kind of like, oh, show. everything's lame. Yeah. Air and Water Show is uh, something in Chicago that, that they do every year as well, okay. where um, you know, basically like you watch a bunch of planes fly around. You can go to the beach there, right on Lake Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Really, really cool. Really cool. Um, at the time, though, gray, rainy day, and like kind of cold outside. And I'm there with my brother, my mom, and my aunt. And my aunt, who's like 10 years older than my mom, and they didn't have any raincoats. So my mom and my aunt both wear trash bags, like, over themselves. And my brother and I are looking at them like, what are you doing? Yeah. This, you're in public, and you're wearing a trash bag right now. And I don't think I'd have the same reaction now. Mom. I was like, Mom, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah. It was like the most cringeworthy thing because my mom was like, she's like standing up. There's a lot of people around. And I'm thinking to myself, I'd rather be wet than wearing that. And that's yeah. the decision that I made that day. But she's, she'll st- she still remembers that because I think the look on our face said it all that day. But I, I think when you become a mom, you just all of a sudden have no shame. That's why no. mom jeans exist. Yeah, I, I think there, there's something I'm to be said now. for that. Yeah. yeah, who isn't wearing them right now <laughs> in quarantine? So, a funny story off that, and this isn't my most embarrassing thing, but my mom, and I think this just like speaks like un- th- that story and like unconditional love for mom, moms. But we went to Paris when I was like in seventh grade, and I remember she's like, "Hey, it's gonna be cold outside." I'm like, "Uh, I can feel outside. It's not gonna be cold. Like whatever." They're just like being like a little <laughs> the whole time. Let me write that down. <laughs> and so I was like, I was like, "Yeah, okay, mom. Like it's gonna be fine. Whatever." And she's like, "Hey." get a jacket like it's gonna be cold and i'm like i'm fine so i wore a t-shirt and like khaki pants for some reason and we went Boss. to the top of the yeah we went to the top of the eiffel tower and i swear to god it was it was snowing when we got to the top <laughs> and, and my mom's like in this like just pea coat just like all warm and i was like can i please can you hug me or something and she was like you're an idiot so they had to buy me a, a fleece or something like that most embarrassing moment it, looking back on it, it's not even embarrassing now but like i remember um, my first day of kindergarten, I had a Dick Tracy lunchbox and my mom was like, like drop me off. This is like a big moment. Like she, she saved up a bunch and she sent me to private school. So I didn't get beat up <laughs> in the public schools in Stone Mountain. And she was like, you know, she's like, Hey, let me make sure everything's gone. I was like, mom, walk away. And I'm already wearing a uniform. And I'm already pissed. I'm like, just leave me alone. And she has like pictures and I'm like, stop it, stop it. And she tries to fix this latch that she's convinced is broken on my my lunchbox, and it's not. And we're all everyone's in like a single file line ready to go in. There's parents everywhere. She's like, Christopher, let me fix your thing. And I'm like, don't call me Christopher. Like, call me Chris. <laughs> Stop this. And she messes up the latch, breaks it, and the lunchbox opens up. My food oh. goes everywhere, and it's like everyone was five. No one was. No one besides probably me was old enough to be mean yet so they were just like okay whatever and i but i was like convinced I was like no i'm never gonna make friends mom thanks a lot i'm already at this catholic school i'm not catholic thanks a lot it was not a big deal but at the time what'd you have for lunch that day uh, 
I don't remember. <laughs> I'm probably sure. I'm, I'm, we were poor, so probably the apple off the ground. She probably wiped it off her pantsuit. I was like, here you still go, Chris. Good. Yeah, yep, still, still good. Fun. <laughs> uh, okay, let's see here. Um, that's a, that's a good question. Okay, uh, we already did the kids ones. Okay, here's a good one. Here's a good one. Uh, if your mom was in a movie, what famous person could she play? Wait, what famous person would play her? Is what I'm assuming that means. Was that a, was that a Jay Woody question? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Diane Lane. Okay. Probably for my mom. Um, my mom is my mom's 60 and she's a kindergarten gym teacher and is like still in good shape. Connor, Diane Lane's hot. I've never seen well, your mother. I'm just saying. Well, now you just made this really uncomfortable for <laughs> me to answer. <laughs> All right, I'll go back to more stuff about my dad. It's fun. Yeah. Um, no, but like my mom, my mom like stays in good shape. I think my mom. I, I see when I when I see people who, both of my parents, and this is this is my saving grace, and this is why I'm not fearing old age at all. Yeah. My parents aged so well, like really, really well. Like into their 60s, were looking solid. Like it, it was like not to keep bringing up like my like stuff with my dad, but yeah, I had so many people at. Uh, at like my dad's funeral where they're looking at like old pictures of my dad and stuff like even new pictures you know that that are from like five years ago and they're like connor ryan that's my brother they're yeah like, your dad was a stud i had so <laughs> many people tell me that so like i hold on and like my parents i i think have have you know health wise they're they're pretty health conscious but not to the point where it's like yeah. annoying or anything but i think my mom would have to be played by somebody who you know, on the on the other side of fifty, who is in really good shape, yeah, um, and and looks like she gives a crap. That's all. Okay. You don't feel weird about talking about your dad. We I talk about my dad all the time, and I don't even like him. This is so true. Fine. Yeah. True. There you go. Um, okay. I so I just said Sally Fields because, and I that's good. Yeah. She she looks kind of like, her name's Patty Sue, Pastor Patty Sue Pie, but like it it she does she just kind of looks like Sally Fields, and she my mom used to be like like rail thin in like like when i was like five six seven years old or something like that she was like this like just like like not unhealthy looking but she was like just super thin and she had this like small it wasn't an afro but she had this like little perm curly hair type thing going on well, jerry just curl? like yeah a little she, exactly she had a jerry curl we called it a patty curl um <laughs> and she she looked a lot like uh sally fields in my opinion hopefully that's not so she, mom so your mom in a movie then would be like the don't say the, it no, no, no. Okay. I, this is good. She'd be like the pastor, the voice of reason, who is, yeah. you know, you know that part in the movie where the troubled teen is trying to figure out their yeah. path or whatever it is, and then she plays that role where it's like, okay, you can listen to this person. This person's going to give the key advice that's going to fuel the rest of the movie. They're like, get back on track yeah. moment. That'd be it. She So, except for when I was like 15, she's like, all right, we're just going to let him like kind of F up for a while because he's an idiot. Um, yeah, which was warranted. Now, you're alive. Right now. But so, so... What like I I can still see my mom when I was little, but all I all I see when we talk about the movie thing, especially, and especially with how wild and out of control my ADD was when I was a kid and trying to learn stuff besides math because it was the only thing I was good at. It's just it's just her. It's just Forrest Gump. It's just Sally Field. Be like now nah, Forrest, now Christopher. <laughs> you no different than anyone else. And I'm just chugging Dr Pepper's like just as fast as I can. So it's perfect. <laughs> and wanted to play for Bama. So it's that's right. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Dad was uh, on vacation. Boom. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go, go, go. Hopefully not going to Vietnam. All right, last one. Austin Foster, if you ever hit the lottery, what's the... Australia would be it. If you ever hit the lottery, what's the first thing you would buy for your mom? I'll, I'll just say it. I, I, I love seeing 
every single time we do a story on SDS of yeah. like Tua bought his mom a car, like this this athlete, you know, bought their mom a house or like whatever. That that stuff still gets to me and that's cool and I yeah. love that that guys do that. Um I I would probably I, I wouldn't say a house because my mom has two and she's one person. Um shout out to her. She bought a lake house last year. Wow. Good Pretty boss. Her. Yeah, right on Lake Michigan too. Very yeah. nice. Good old Door County, Wisconsin. Um, I would probably say a car because my mom has been rocking that Highlander forever and she has been wanting to have a convertible for a very long time. No, so you had a Highlander. Okay. Um, but she, like, she, she, like, got my, she, like, used my dad's when my dad passed. Yeah. Um, and then, like, but has had one for, I think, 17 years at this point. Oh, No joke. Yeah. Yeah, she is a Highlander person for life. Um, but I'd probably get her a new convertible because she had a convertible when I was a kid all yep. throughout elementary school. She had a Pontiac Sunfire, first in white, then in red. And Ooh, it, was like, it was a boss fierce. car. It yeah. was a boss car. Um, but she has always wanted to get that back. So I'd buy her like Did the she have like nicest, an airbrush like front uh, license plate with like a dolphin on it? No, because we live in the Illinois. Sunfires in Florida. Okay, so the ones in yeah, Florida, we, we I feel like all come with that. Right now, I mean, you can't be rocking that thing in the snow with that. That's, That's not a good look. Uh, but yeah, definitely in this climate. Yeah, true. It's ridiculous for this climate, Dwight. Yeah. Take it back. <laughs> That's my car. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Well, first thing, probably a bunch of gift cards. People love gift cards. Um, Do they? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> my buddy said that on the on the fan combine video. Um, I so I think this is tough because she's like, she just is. My my parents are. Like, they're going to retire soon, but I don't think they want to. Like, they just, like, they, I don't know what they'll do without working. So, like, I would, and they have a, they they have, like, pretty new cars. And, and then also, I have that aunt and uncle that lived in Greece and uh, in the Bahamas. They've traveled all over, especially with her work. Yeah. So, I think, honestly, what I would do is the house, or the, the church that she is in now, Providence Southern Church in Lexington, is, is, like, was built in, like, 1861. Or, or something like that. So I would probably get her some renovations because, like, especially now with, like, COVID, they're trying to do all these, like, videos. They're putting up on YouTube and, like, that kind of service. Like, she's, I mean, she, Wi-Fi's going out in there all the time. Can't have that. Can't so have that. probably have some, probably build her a newer church, I think. I don't know. The answer that she would want probably, oh, though. God. Buy her a house across the street from you, and then you could basically live in Everybody Loves Raymond. That would she be... honestly, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually not bad. <laughs> this is such a good reference. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably true. Let's see here. Oh, this is good. Okay, I, I've got some good ones for this. If, I'll, I'll start with this one. If you took your mom to a concert, who would it be? And and I will I will answer this because uh, first because so my for whatever reason. We've been to some of the the coolest events ever. I've told the story about how we got out of debt after like all these years of debt my mom was in. And then the week that we got out of debt was the week of the Olympics. So we like got right back in debt and went to the opening ceremonies and all this other stuff. But so she had she had this like p- ticket package at her work at the time at Chastain Park. And they did the summer concert series. And Chastain Park is like all the music that I would hate today back then. It's like, hey, here's Aaron Neville. We have tickets to go see like he's live. And my mom's like, we're going, we're going to Aaron Neville. I was like, what the who? And and then like, and I'm eight or nine. 
we don't have like a bunch of extra money and we have like tickets to this concert and it's at the time i thought it was cool because it's like you can come and they have like a picnic they laid out for you because the tickets were like through corporate so it's basically like that you know i talked about the sun trust thing last week it was kind of like that but on a much smaller scale because we were so poor all the time that we were going to these things and it was like all right yeah we got free dinner tonight that's cool let's just do this and so it was like we had to go got see it. We saw John Denver at the Fox together. Um, we saw Aaron Neville. We saw... Oh, there's another one in there that's really good, but the one I would take her to, and this has been a long-running joke my entire life. 1996, we had tickets to see Mary Chapin Carpenter, who is one of my favorite singers of all, songwriters of all time. Country musician from the early 90s. I talk about her way too much for her to be relevant. She's not relevant. But she it's gave the tickets. Never heard of her, she, dude. I listened to her all day yesterday. She's got, she's got some of the li- best lines ever. I'll send you some stuff afterwards. I'll listen to John Party if you listen to Mary Chapin Carpenter. Deal. It's not even even trade. But so we had, we had. Uh, she's she's incredible. But so I, I, I actually really liked Mary Chapin Carpenter even when I was young, and we had to go. There was like a whole deal. We had tickets to go see her, but my dad did something, and so my mom was like, okay. I'll help you make it up to Chris by giving you these concert tickets. You can take him to the concert. So I had to go see Mary Chapin Carpenter, who was like a, a, a person that me and my mom loved. And I had to go see it with my dad. And it was still a fun time. It was, it was fine, whatever. But just because it probably just on a little bit of a Mary Chapin Carpenter kick right now, I would probably take her to go see that. Re- by, uh, recency bias, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I'd probably go with Creed. <laughs> Saw them with my dad. So <laughs> now I go to a, I go to a concert every year with my mom. Um, yeah, I, I've said this before in this podcast. We go to uh, we usually go to Country Thunder. This was actually before COVID nineteen. Yeah, the, I, they have it. They have Country Thunder all over the place. Like they have yeah. a variation of it in a bunch of different states. But we go to the one that's in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. And I have gone every year from twenty thirteen to twenty nineteen. And this was already going to be the first year that we weren't going to be going. Yeah, we've kind of like when you you see so many artists. It's a four day country musical festival, yeah. country music festival, and we drive there and back. It's like an hour just over the border in Wisconsin. I fly back to Chicago for it every year, and I usually only go to three days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I go every year, and we see a ton of country artists. I've seen yeah. almost every country artist that I want to see. I haven't seen John Party yet, ironically. Connor is air-quoting when he says country. It's just just so you guys know. I'm yeah, of course. I, I, I you had the most predictable tweet ever. I knew. That. I, that's that was, why I had to go through with it, man. Oh, gosh. That was so predictable. I can't believe I, you didn't very... throw out Florida Georgia Line. Well, there's just like, the, like the Charlie Daniels thing, like it, with Tennessee, it was just, I mean, that was oh, tough to look at. I'm talking, I'm talking, I was talking current, like people that I could like hear yeah. on the radio, and I realized like, People gave me crap because I didn't put Dolly Parton for Tennessee, and they're like, "Well, Dolly Parton's not dead." It's like, okay, I, I get that, but like, She's I'm got not an incredible story too. I didn't know that either. Yeah, also, I mean, my favorite, real quick, my favorite response was somebody tried to like own you on it with like, "Oh, this Kenny Chesney," and it was like some screenshots he had of Kenny Chesney with like a Florida helmet on, a Bama hat, Ryan something else. It was like, it was a Ryan McGee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, it was, it was like it was. I, I was I saw it and I was like, oh wow, I didn't. Uh, you got to do some research for that. No, I, I got I got ratioed hard by Tennessee fans immediately because by the way, I should explain Welcome how this how this happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I should exp- so uh, I put together the um, like the best country the best current country current. artist 
who roots for every SEC team. Because if, if you yeah. want to do, like, historic, I didn't want to go back to, like, you know, country artists from 1960 who might have rooted for Texas A&M. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't it's know a slippery this. slope. Yeah. It is. It is. So I tried to do that, and, like, I made some mistakes on it. I definitely did. The biggest one that I made was Kenny Chesney to Tennessee. Disagreed. I, that that was the one that I got ratioed hard for, and I was like, that that killed me because immediately the, the, the responses that I started getting was, how dare you not at Morgan Wallen? How dare you not at Morgan Wallen? I, I love Morgan Wallen. It is my go-to Pandora station right now. Okay. I saw him in concert a couple years ago. I've been listening to him nonstop. I almost put Morgan Wallen for Tennessee, and I put Kenny Chesney, and then I did an update announcing that I put yeah. Morgan Wallen ahead of Ch- uh, Kenny Chesney, and it got like 300-something likes. People oh, really like thank God. That. Yeah, so we're all good. But I, I got, I, I was interested to see the interaction. That was one of those tweets that like you kind of throw out there and just kind of see what the response is. It got Adam? retweeted from the SDS account. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't. I didn't retweet it. I did not. I, I saw it. And I was like, what in the mother, mother of God? I'm still no. getting a ton of responses on that. Several days later. Well, the good thing about Tennessee Twitter is that they're always nice and gentle when it comes to emotions and stuff like that. They always handle stuff in a logical way. And what they, I would they say is roasted me. They, they, I mean, they, they are a feisty bunch, and they, you know what? They're always consistent too with with being prevalent or present when stuff like that happens. I will say, it's not your fault about Kenny Chesney. I would have put Kenny Chesney for Tennessee, and I think it's it's honestly his fault that he's so unlikable because he got those calf implants a long time ago. That's, that's allegedly not your fault. Allegedly, sure. Um, anyway, would you? Really, so, what was the answer? Country Thunder. Yeah, so so Country Thunder is what I go to with my mom every year, and like yeah. we've seen a ton of country artists together, and and like to be honest, that's that's one of the things that my family we have bonded over the last ten years so so much, yeah. and we have we all kind of got around. Like my brother started listening to country music when he went to college, and yeah. then he comes back and is like, "Hey, mom and dad, you guys should start listening to yeah yeah basically because he'd go on you know my brother would play against SEC baseball teams he'd go to yeah. road trips and they play against Arkansas and for an hour in the pregame they're playing country music and yeah. he's like hey have you guys heard of this like Jason Aldean guy like he, have you heard of this chicken fried song by Zach Brown man yeah. like you guys you guys I'm would love Brown. this and and so my parents started listening to it and then I was the last one to get on board I started I started like my junior year of college so like 2010 that would have been yeah. And then ever since then, my parents and I have all, I mean, that's like, that's what we, that's what we love. That's what we relate to. That's what we listen to when we're in the car together. And so I go to concerts with my mom all the time. So I don't know if there's, yeah. I don't really have an answer for that, to be honest, because we've seen everybody that we want to see at this point. Wow. Well, that's, I, I have so many things going through my mind right now. Mainly the <laughs> fact that you shouldn't let me give you so much about, uh, let me write this down, about, um, the country thing because if you're go i don't even know who morgan wallen is and i'll look it up so good he's really good good. i'll definitely check it out but like the my go-to uh pandora station besides churches is labouche i mean just hands out 90s dance music so that's where (laughs) i go to (laughs) you know and and let me change my answer to garth i'll change my answer to garth because i remember like growing up we we always listen to country and that's like one reason i'm so partial to 90s country like early 90s country and, and there's just such good stuff in there but we we always listen to Garth. We love Garth. We never had a chance to see it. So now we'll get off that subject. How much? How much do you think Friends in Low Places live? I've seen makes it. a difference. You've seen oh. you, so you've seen it live. I've seen I've seen Garth live twice. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw, I saw him. I saw him in Atlanta. So I saw him in in Nashville for the relief effort when he hadn't gone on tour in forever because they had like floods like in twenty. I don't know, 10, that's that's when I fake proposed to my girlfriend at the time to get out of that fight. <laughs> we there had, like, you go. We yep. were trash bags that night, man. We started drinking like Long Island iced teas to start the night 
At, good, good start, yeah. yeah. Um, at anyway, and so then I saw him a couple years ago with uh, my buddy Bill, who's like old regular man at Houston's, and the and the acoustics at the at Mercedes Benz were all messed up, and they couldn't figure out why. But like it was it was awful. So like. I think I've told you the story. The best place to listen at the time was in the bathrooms because the way the, like, like oh, the weird. the audio was hitting, it was the only place where it was clear and not on a delay. And we ended up. It was an awesome concert because I love Garth Brooks. And I love like he's. I, I am starting to hate him more and more because of like if you ever hear Garth Brooks talk, it's tough. It's it's like he's just so over the top hokey and and those that live thing at at Notre Dame didn't help. And he's like, play like a champion today, brother. You know we're gonna try to do just that. Those commercials like, were on NBC Sunday Night Football for so long; it was cringy. You, do you have SiriusXM? No. So there's a Garth channel, and it it makes me hate him more and more every day because he doesn't play any <laughs> old Garth, like the good stuff. It's like, you know what? Here's all my favorite artists, and it's like Ed Sheeran, Pink. Uh, what? Like, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh my, like dude. it's his playlist. It's not oh, just it's his, Garth's it's his songs? quote unquote favorite songs, and it is such a try hard effort at trying to be cool. But like in 2011, uh. he's like Black Eyed Peas. Love the Black Eyed Peas. This is one of my favorite songs. I swear to God, I swear it, it is. It is unlistenable radio. It is unlistenable radio, and it's so. I'll I'll start sending you screenshots because I'll I'll get in the car and we'll put it on, and it'll be like. Because there's, there's one station that's like 90s, 80s and 90s country. It's my favorite station they have. And they'll play deep cut stuff that I grew up on. And it'll be like Garth Brooks, shameless on that station. And then you go to the Garth station. It's like, I tell you what, here's Elton John, Benny and the Jets. And I'm like, of all the songs from Elton, you chose Benny and the Jets? Like, get out of here, bro. Nothing we answered like four get, total questions. There's something like getting ready to hear some thunder rolls, and all of a sudden you hear Black Eyed Peas. That's got to be Dude, one of the bigger letdowns of life. They, when we first got SiriusXM, I was so jacked up because there's all these, it's, it's it still is awesome. It's one of my favorite things, and they they list the stations and what what band and song is playing currently on every single station. So you can already see what's going on. Just like if you have ADD, it's tough because you just are constantly switching channels. <laughs> but they have this one channel that was like I think it was Channel 30 at the time that they don't they basically designate for like a different artist every month. But when we first got it, they were just doing live concerts. So they did like 24 hours of live concerts from one guy and they did 24 hours of Garth Live. It's awesome. He, he's one of the best entertainers I've ever, I've ever seen perform. But he's also like, God, he, he, is, he is a live, laugh, love poster come to life. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Do you know his college football team? Does he have, uh, Oklahoma State? Yeah, very good, very good. <laughs> We're going to play like a champion today. <laughs> I think you're All right. right. <laughs> Another one from Dakota Carter. Great question. Who, in your opinion, is the best TV mom? There's one Ooh. answer. There's one answer. Okay, then you answer it. It's, Tam- it's Tammy Taylor. Friday Ooh. Night Lights. Oh. Friday Night Lights. Oh, yeah. Got to be Tammy Taylor because not only does she play the wife of Coach Taylor in yeah. Friday, Nights, Friday Night Lights, the show. She also plays the wife of, of what's his name, Billy Bob Thornton yeah. in Friday Night Lights, the movie. She's hot. Versatile. Tammy Taylor is a boss. Yeah. She's a boss. And if you've ever seen, um, oh, what's, uh, it was, um, oh, what, she was on that show. It was like a, it was like a Bravo show. Like, oh, what was Nashville? it? Something with, with John in the title. Why am I blanking on the name of this? Why am I John blanking Party. on the name? Yeah. No, not John Party. <laughs> Um, oh, 
it, it's not Dear John. What was it? Um, anyways, she, the actress, she is fantastic. Friday Night Lights, the show, is always the most under it was the most underappreciated live show that there was and i am yeah. a part of that as someone who didn't watch it live but i remember my entire family watched it live and i'm like i'm not gonna watch this on friday nights They're like well we right. record it i got stuff to do yeah i'm, I'm 16 I watched, years old i watched like oh i watched it like three or four years ago <laughs> like like on like when it was like out on what do you call it like on netflix whatever and i remember watching first season second season and i think i got Almost to the third, and I was like, "This is out of control." Like, oh no, storylines. Season two is trash. Skip season two. I thought season, season two was two good. Is, no, 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 no. That's got the murder storyline with uh, with Landry. You don't want that. You don't want that. There's, there's like, there's so many, so many things. Yeah, there's murder. There's steroids. There's the guy in the wheelchair doing the the house remodeling thing. It's just there's so much going on. And I'm like, what in the hell? And then they got that freshman quarterback. I stopped watching when they got the freshman quarterback. Uh, he doesn't have as much shine as you would think. Vince uh, Howard. I by could the have way. told you that, bro. Michael B. Jordan, the who is Luke Del Rio's favorite actor of all time? Yeah. No, he's not. He hates Fair Michael enough. B. Jordan for some dumb reason, but he's good, very good as Vince Howard. And at the season four and season five, if you gave up on it, I yeah. you gotta go back. Gotta go back. Uh, Connie we, Britton, by the way, and she plays Dear Dear John, or not Dear John, but um, Dirty John, Dirty John. That's the show. Very good. Go okay. ahead. Sorry. Um, best TV mom ever. I'm just I'm just going through Google right now. Uh, oh, you know what? Home Improvement, Jill Taylor was pretty good. Um, the one that I remember being like, this seemed like the smartest and nicest, but I don't remember. It was the one from the Wonder Years. I feel like she was pretty good, wasn't she? Um, yeah, okay. She was I don't okay. Know. Like, you couldn't, like, my stable of shows, it's like, it wouldn't be Suzanne Summers from Step by Step. I don't know if there was a mom, technically, in Hang with Mr. Cooper. And then Corey Matthews' mom was was pretty garbage. She was they were not hippies. great. They, yeah. They, I mean, like, I watched like one episode last week. She's like, yeah, I just bought the sporting goods store. And I was like, what, lady? No, you didn't. No. <laughs> I, okay, no. real quick. Quick boy Kitty Foreman. Tangent. That, that 70s show. She was pretty fun. Oh, she's pretty yeah. funny. She's pretty funny. Quick Boy Meets World rant. It always bothered me that they tried to say that Corey and Topanga had been dating their entire lives when there were all of those episodes in high school when they were dating other people. And that was such a big storyline. Don't tell me, don't don't assume that I think that that like I just didn't watch the episodes from oh, yeah. five years ago. I watched all of them and I know that they were not dating. Don't try and tell me that they've How been together for sixteen he? years. He was like I I, I we've been rewatching it, me and Allie have. And it's it he is when he hit puberty, it was like, God, he sucks. Like, his voice is awful. His character is pretty miserable to be around. It's always sad. I just watched one where he talks Sean out of getting a job. Sean lives in a trailer, and his family is broken as as everything. And he's like, you can't be working for the mob. I'm like, you don't even know he's working for the mob. You're 13. Stop Maybe ruining the, this. He's got a steady job. It could be the nice mob. You never know. He could have been the nice mob. He's like, what, what happens next? Where are you going to be after this? And I was like, I don't know. Probably back collecting cash under the table. Rich? Whatever. Corey's the yeah, Rich, exactly. Corey's the worst. Um Eric Matthews was hilarious, and that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Uh but yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. All right, let's do two more. Um You go oh, first. Oh, I just I'll, yeah. okay. I'll go I'll go first. Uh, this this one from Justin Lindsay. Very important question. There's only one answer to this as well. Which Vivian Banks was better in Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Please tell me you watched Fresh Prince of Bel Air. I didn't. 
What? I didn't watch it until way too late. Oh, well, everybody watched it late, but at least so, you watched it at some point, right? Yeah, but not consistently. So we didn't have... I mean, there was a... My mom was very strict growing up. And there was a storyline in that thing that was... She... Like, I mean, he didn't have... So he didn't... He was raised by not his actual parents. And my mom always worried that that... I think that that was going to be, like, affecting somehow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Never it's light-skin it like light Aunt Viv. I'll say that. Every well, I mean, no, I'm. Uh, it's not. It's not. It's no. not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Old school Aunt Viv was the funniest because she was the one that like I feel like they got away with more on the show, and it didn't also become a thing where they were trying to like be, they, like they like kind of found a voice later. I don't know. She looked twenty years younger. Yeah. Why did they go in such a significantly different direction? With I don't that? know, but. Every Kanye song that he references it just is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> that show still, is still good. That, I know yeah. like it's it's like it's corny or whatever and and people will see like the Carlton throwing a you know, throwing the basketball from half court or whatever. But oh by the way, I definitely did the Carlton at my wedding. Nice. Well, yeah, that's good. I like that. That was the interlude. Part. So you're you're a thousand percent right. Light skin it was not the best. But but they had I remember I'm trying to think there was Mic just came off. Bear with me here. Oh, Marler's um, working through mic issues right now. Here we go. So there was, an, there was. I remember like what made me mad about this because this is like one of those shows, especially a couple years ago. I was like, I'm gonna go back and rewatch this, because um, there's like there's a lot of references I didn't get just from not watching it growing up consistently. But there was, there was like something on the internet was like, did you know that this was unscripted when Will Smith did his like thing about his dad? Remember, like, who's I do, yeah, I do remember okay. that. So, I remember seeing that incredible and like, acting, incredible acting, and I am just bawling. And because there's like some, you know, like, as I mentioned earlier, there's just similarities. So, I was like watching, I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. And then, like, the next day, someone was like, this is all made up, it's a hoax. He actually was not acting, this didn't happen. He's got a great relationship with his dad. I'm like, I don't know who to trust anymore. I can't watch this show. <laughs> so, there you go. My trust <laughs> issues ruined a freshman's of Bel Air for me. Um, okay. Let's see here. I want to get a good one here. We already did that one. Um, for some reason, Jay Woody brought up the movie Cocktail. I don't know. What why. about the one from or, uh, Orlando let's do this Prescott one. here? We can do, let's do that one and we'll do this one too from Jay Woody. We'll, we'll you do the Orlando Prescott one and we'll close with the other one. All right. Uh, if you had to choose which SEC coach's wife would you want as your mom? I mean... Kirby didn't Tough even question. say Happy Mother's Day the other day. Tough wow. scene. Tough scene. Makes the answer for me is clear. It's Miss Terry. She's got to be the first one that you think of, right? She's she's a queen. She's awesome. It, it's I, and I'm not saying this in a mean way about Dan Mullen's wife, but just the the stuff that Georgia Florida fans are so ruthless online. I wouldn't want to have either one of those my mom because yeah, that's a good I couldn't point. deal with that. I couldn't yeah. deal with that. But Miss Terry. Like, no one has mean stuff to say about Miss Terry, and... You better not. <laughs> yeah, for real. And fun fact, she actually uh, openly laughed at my uh, gift because uh, Kristen had her uh, newborn, I think, like, two or three weeks ago. So I got them a custom-made little baby outfit. just says, what time are we at here? Auburn ain't <laughs> And uh, she she showed it to Miss Terry, and she was she said she was dying laughing. So that's, I mean, I got to go with Miss Terry on this one. Oh, by the way... Um... We'll just bleep that there, but it was actually Marler saying Auburn ain't bad. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, let's Just close out with this one. Wait, who, who'd you say? I was I was gonna say Miss Terry okay. as well. Um, okay. Here, this is the last one. It's from wait, did I lose this? It's from Jay Woody. It says, "Damn it, it's, it was making fun of me." Okay, what was the moment when you knew your mom was proud of the adult you've become? Chris, you can just tell us what you think you'll feel like on that day. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think uh, <laughs> the day I graduated college was was pretty big. Um, I remember that being a kind of kind of a high point, not just because my mom was proud that I had a, the degree, but because so we had our graduation, and I, I think I've told the story before. We had our graduation um, in assembly hall. You yeah. know, very, very, very popular place. Yeah, great acoustics. It gets very, very loud in there. Um, and our graduation speaker, the student graduation speaker that we had that day speaking in front of thousands and thousands of people was my wife. And oh, that's at awesome. the time, at the time, Lauren and I were only dating. And yeah. this was the second time. Yeah, I think it was the second time that Lauren was. She valedictorian of your college class? No, but she was darn close. She was darn close. Yeah, she, she's smart. She's smart. Um, so, but she had won, she had won the ability to, to give the, the speech to our graduating awesome. class. Yeah. And I remember like getting chills because she was yeah. practice reading the speech and stuff to me. So I knew it was coming. I'm still That's pulling awesome. my eyes out probably. Um, but I remember my mom being like really proud that I could seem like I was dating somebody who had things figured out. And I yeah. remember that being a, a very positive thing that day of her being like, Hey, you have figured it out by not only having a degree, but figuring out like, Oh, this is a woman you could actually spend your life with. And she yeah. didn't say that directly or anything like that at the time. Cause we had only been dating for like six or seven months then. But, um, she, you know, she could tell that, all right, he's going to be yeah. fine on his own. But that was, I think that was, that was one of them. And then any sort of time when, um, I've like brought my mom into my place of work. So yeah. I, you know, back when I was just starting off in Nebraska and she visited there like two months after I got started and she was very, very proud, uh, that day is, as well. And I remember her saying something like, you know, you're doing this on your own. Like you just picked up and left and, you know, gave, like just, you know, forgot about everything that you knew, you know, uh, that's the wrong way to phrase it, but yeah. you, you left behind everything, you know, in Chicago and took this risk on yourself. Just proud of you that you did that. So there have been a couple moments so far. You'll experience them. They're going to be great. <laughs> well, so what I didn't want to say, but I'll say it now is, I mean, obviously you had not shared the story with your mom about you meeting her parents for the first time. Oh yeah. <laughs> had shared that. Had shared that. Um, Let's see. I, I think the one, probably when I was going back to school after taking a semester off and throwing up in the front yard and my mom's sitting there going, oh, Chris. That was the that was the low point, I think, for her. I was going to say, that's the most prideful point? That was definitely not. She was like, we have neighbors. Can you not? Um, so I would have to say, so she, she always says she's proud of me, but there's so many years where she had to have been lying. Um, <laughs> I, so I will say... I think I think at probably probably so 2018 I think the end of the year at 2018 I remember that I had won that game show I was engaged I uh, had my first season done with SDS I was gonna say um, had a had a blooming podcast as well. had a blooming podcast all this stuff and I just remember I remember like coming home from the Orange Bowl. Um, and I was like, I'm going to the national championship game. It's this whole thing. And I remember being so upset about 
the uh, the national championship game because it was just like, what just happened? And then and queso remember, happened. And then queso happened. But I remember coming home and my mom just being like, I am so incredibly proud of the season you had and the year you've had and all the things you've done. And I think I think that you're finally at a place where you're healthy enough to where you can look at this this game and being like, oh yeah, it's a game. And she was like, she was spot on. It's like what I need to hear at the time, especially. But I think, especially after that year, because it was just like, she she'll bring it up all the time. She's like, just thank God you're not in 2013 anymore, because that is just so different. So there's there's just so many moments. I think, especially with Allie, like you said the same thing. I think with Lauren and like that sentiment of like being able to find, being able to find success and happiness has been the biggest thing. And so, um, I think like Allie's obviously had a huge part of that. But with this job, especially, she. Doesn't always listen to the podcast, doesn't always know what I'm talking about when I go on these rants about people that are being mean to me on Twitter, but she's always very proud of me. Um, so I'd probably say that. Like I think I think the end of that, that 2018 season, this sounds dumb because I was 32, but I think she finally was like, okay, he's on his own. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, like, he's kind of like, this. let's just release the doves. He finally doesn't need us as much anymore. So I think I think that's probably what I would say. That was good. That was a good subject. Really good Mom, that doesn't mean I don't want you to send me money on my birthday. So there's that. Um, all right, let's 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 go into the, the last part. Next Friday, by the way, we are scheduled to have a yeah! very very special casual Friday. Can't tell you exactly what that is just yet, but it is in the works. It is in the books. It is finally happening. If you've been listening to this podcast, a little reward for you because you probably know what we're talking about. Yeah, but it's going to be great, and I cannot wait for it. I'm so pee my pants. Let's go to Stump Marler. All right, it is time for everybody's favorite game. It is Stump Marler. Marler, we have a very, very special theme that was thought up by the guys and girls in the Facebook group. Oh, by the way, we've got our good buddy, Jay Woody, on the line. Before I get to the theme, Jay Woody, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. Just sitting here. I'm at a, actually at a job site today, so if you guys hear construction sounds in the background, I apologize. But I'm here at the job site and taking my lunch break just for you guys. So here we go. What a guy. What oh, a you, guy. Man. We are so blessed. So blessed. <laughs> uh, today, Marler is very blessed because we are talking Deep South's oldest rivalry. What? It's Auburn. <laughs> it's Georgia. It's the thing that gets Marler all tingly when he starts talking about Piedmont Park. Marler, I hope that even though you knew the subject, you didn't do a bunch of last-minute research to get ready for this, and you just have all this stuff in your brain already. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to know about it, but I feel like I already know a decent amount. So I haven't, no, I haven't done any research just like every week. Um, but I think, uh, I mean, I told you guys if you wanted to stump me, make the questions harder, and you guys go from asking Bama questions to asking questions about my favorite rivalry game. So best of luck, I guess. So I'm going to tell you at this point. <laughs> We've got a little bit of a different structure this week. We're going to do just 10 questions. Easy to grade. 10 questions. No rapid fire. All are devoted to the Deep South's oldest rivalry. I'll handle the first five. Jay is going to come in in relief, kind of like a modern-day starting pitcher who only goes five or six innings because that's just the way of the world now. So, Marler, Jay, are you both ready to go? I'm going to kill both of you. I this am indeed. Great. You guys are <laughs> ready for a massacre. By the way, shout out Bobby Burchins, Cameron Camp, John W. Peterson, 
they came up with a, a bunch of these questions. Very, very good. I think we are going to have some some instances of Stump Marler today. Let's not Marler, give him a shout out ready? until we, we find out what I score. Let's just uh, let's keep it fair and see what happens. Uh, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. All right. Let's do it. Number one. Name all seven of the cities that the Deep South's oldest rivalry has been played in. Se- there's seven, you said? Seven. seven. Well, I know five for sure. Um, Atlanta, Athens, Auburn, Montgomery, Columbus. Seven. Macon, I know, had one. Correct. There we go. What other big cities? It wouldn't have been in Augusta because that's not near the line. Um what other city? It wouldn't have been in Huntsville. It wouldn't have been in Birmingham. Uh, la, 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 la. Oh, Savannah. You nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so they, these are like, again, this is my favorite rivalry. This is why I think y'all are in trouble on this one, because you have to realize I watch this game every single year, and there's only so many new trivia questions they could ask on CBS. Like, Uncle Vern, he, Uncle Vern taught me a thing or two, guys. Uncle Vern and Uncle Chris. That's right. How to drink. That'd be good. How to drink. (laughs) All right, number two. What is the current series record in the Deep South's oldest rivalry? Oh, this is it. This is admittedly sick that I know this. Uh, It was, so I know this for two reasons. It was tied two years ago in 2018. And keep in mind, again, that's when I was working for the College Football Hall of Fame. And it was 58, 58, and 8. It is now 60. 58 and 8 because Georgia won the uh, they've actually won three in a row but they won the last two and the reason I know that has been eight ties is because fun fact for both of you the first five were tied 0-0 it's the only rivalry that's ever done that wow that was an exciting game I'm sad that I missed that (laughs) zero yeah right it's just like wait a minute the the 32 game was tough hold up (laughs) Marler that 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 is off that is technically incorrect now, is this something about like a World War II thing? No, 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 no. You were very, very close. But I'm, I'm wondering if yeah, you have your timeline a little bit off because according to our answers here, the all-time series is 60 to 56 to 8, not 60 to 58 to 8. Okay. Well, so what I want you to do after this is done is look up the, the World War II games and you tell me why I'm off by two and then we'll just go from there. But go ahead. That's for sure. <laughs> Or or Auburn was on probation or something right. like that. I'm sure, I'm sure something like that. Okay. They brought up look, go watch the go th- go watch the 2018 game because I'm like 99.9 percent confident they brought it up then because it was it was and it was also it was almost like the Duke Carolina thing. I'm pretty sure because it was like separated by like a pretty close amount of points too. It was something really bizarre. All right, you're still a loser for no. You're actually more of a loser for knowing that as well. But Number I got yeah. that one counts yeah. me being right. So so go, go ahead. Yeah, whatever. Number three, everyone loves a good, close rivalry. When was the last time the game was decided by one point? Uh, 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 2002 wasn't by one point. It was like 28-24. That was when Michael Johnson pushed off. Um, 2004 wasn't close because Auburn was good. 2005 was... Uh, doesn't. What was the year that John Vaughn hit that stupid effing field goal? There, it's either two thousand five or two thousand six because two thousand 
They won, they won on a last-second field goal from one of their damn kickers that they always had. And Auburn, obviously. Um, I think it's 2005, because I think it's what kept Georgia from being in national championship, quote-unquote, contention late in the season. Is that your final answer? Hold on. Please say it's your final answer. No, 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 no. Please say it's your final answer. Okay, well, if Jay is doing a terrible job at selling me on it, then yeah, I'll say it's my final answer. Is that is that right? That is right. Is t- oh, I, almost, I was going to switch it. Because <laughs> 2006, remember 2006 is the year they beat Florida on a last-second field goal, too. I hate you. I hate Sorry. you. Yeah, obviously, everybody remembers all of those games, totally, for sure. Get- yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Oh, and uh, do you know the final score of that game? No, I don't. Okay. I'm sure. Is there a prime number? Mm, Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, 31. I'd say 31-30? I I would have never guessed that part. Number four. In 1959, a Georgia player forced a fumble against Auburn quarterback Bryant Harvard that led to the game-winning score for Georgia. Name that player. You guys are so lame. Um, Pat Dye. <laughs> guys, here's no, I'm the thing. Pat Dye Le- played legendary for- Auburn coach. Pat Dye. You have to say the whole thing. I'm not ever gonna say that. I'm never gonna say that. <laughs> um, no, I know that because Pat. So Pat Dye coached or played at Georgia and then coached at Auburn and Vin- then Vince Dooley played at Auburn and coached at Georgia, which I don't understand. Okay, no, no, no. You're, you're, trying to ju- you're trying to justify why you know these things. And you know this because you just have too much brain space reserved for this information. Think about all the things reason. that I don't know that I need to know, Connor. Like, I cannot do square foot math still, and we've, but I've got, this, I've got this tidbit in my head. Right. Number five. Pat Dye and Vince Dooley, the guys you are just talking about, they both played for their eventual rivals before they became head coaches, but they also share a significant commonality in their personal lives. Do you know what it is? All right, I'm a nerd. I'm not a creep. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. This it seems like a educated guess. I, I, I'm. <laughs> they're sister wives. Are they married to each other's like sisters or something stupid? Whoa, is that real? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I don't know. No, I mean, like, did they marry? Like, did Pat die marry Vince Dooley's sister and and vice versa? I know what you meant. I just want to make you squirm. Oh God. Bit. Okay. No. <laughs> um, sister no. wives. The correct answer was they both married homecoming queens of their respective alma maters. Okay. So, all right, yeah, that's the level that we're going to have to go to to stump Marler. That's cool. Got it. See? Got it. See? That's good. So, so fun, that's a good fun question. Fact, so don't whine. Fun fact, um, Vince Dooley's wife was the same one who, when Vince Dooley told her, hey, um, we're, we're not going to go up to Boston for, for Easter. I have to stay by the phone in case this kid named Herschel Walker wants to commit True. today. And sure enough, his wife was like, the hell with Herschel. Who does he think he is? And then Vince Dooley's like, we're, we're staying here. I'm sorry. So I'm guessing his wife, you know, figured figured things out and figured out that Herschel was pretty important to Vince. But that was only fun little note I could offer. That's good. Anyways. <laughs> anyways. Jay, take it away. All right, man. Hey, and by, uh, by the way, while uh, Connor was sitting there talking – um, I looked up on Wikipedia, Georgia, Auburn overall record, and it is 60, 56, and 8, according officially to Wikipedia. Just letting okay. you know. 
So no further whining. Number six, uh, these these continue on with the, with the three guys' questions. Auburn and Georgia played in the very first overtime game in SEC history. What year was it, and how many overtimes did it go? 96, and it was in, it was four overtimes. Next question. It's simple. Come on, grow up. So that's when that's when Baker almost got bitten by Uggo. Okay, was in Athens. Um, hold on. Okay, we'll talk about it at the end. But I deserve extra credit for knowing the ties because that's a fun fact that no one knew. That is. That is. I, I will give you that. Yeah. I, I, I no. I'm not sure that it, I'm not sure that it's credit as much as it's ridicule. But I would. You definitely deserve something. Such for BS that. already. You know, technicalities. Go, Jay. Question. Seventh question. Question. Question number seven. In 2006, during the Deep South's oldest rivalry, the Georgia single-game interception record was tied by which player and how many interceptions? Oh, uh, I know this one because this was weird. So this was the this was 2006, right? You said it was. 2006, 2007. Okay, so 2006. Yes, 2006. This is different than 2005. Now, now this makes sense because the 2006 game is when Brandon Cox threw he threw like four picks. Three of them went to number 23, Trey Battle. Uh, spelled T-R-A, without the Y. Um, take note, Trigger Trey Matthews. Anyway, Trey Battle, and I think he had two pick sixes, too. I, I think he had one pick six. I went back and looked that up. I think he had one pick six. Okay. And, I was, well, and I'm glad you, he you had said three, his name because I, I was referring to him. I was going to refer to him as Tra Battle, so I'm glad that you said his name it first. It was not Tra Battle. But it was super <laughs> weird because I think, I think it was a 12-30 Jefferson pilot game, and it was super bizarre because it's like, that game is never on the 12:30 game. It's always a 3:30 or the ESPN night game. But for some odd reason, it was like a 12:30 game. And I remember he returned the third one, or I'm sorry, he, I guess he returned whichever one he returned for a touchdown. Maybe it was the third interception. It almost has to be because at that point the stands were like empty, and it was like just Georgia fans. But it looked like like it, it looked like how quarantine is going to make games this fall because there's just no one around. I love the COVID reference, man. That's so awesome. There you go. Not just anybody can work those in. All right, number eight. What nickname did Gary Danielson attribute to Matthew Stafford in the 2007 edition of the Deep South's Oldest Rivalry? What? Okay, I don't know. Okay, t- listen, I'll just I'll just answer by saying that is the single worst hangover I have ever had in my entire life, the blackout game, <laughs> because of the story I've told several times on here about the whiteout party the night before. And it was so bad that my responsible friend, Jeff Colby, we went to Cane's, not off Millage, but off, I think it was off Baxter in, in uh, downtown Athens. And we were walking back to the house to go watch the game kickoff because we didn't have tickets. And, and we both, as we were crossing, actually, not, not both of us. I did not do this, thank God. As we were crossing, Jeff threw up in the middle of traffic. We'd, like, stop traffic because he was throwing up in the middle of the road. I don't know the answer to this. I'm, I'm going to say he called him Young Cameron Camp because Cam Camp looked just like him back in the day. <laughs> That was spooky. Also, if you saw that picture the other day, he was the Mad Bomber. The Mad Bomber. That doesn't even make sense. So that's that's two that you've missed. Now I just want to make sure that you're aware of that. Two Number out nine. Of eight. I'm not missing another one. I'm just saying. Go. I'm just saying. Uh, this is Andy Goins or James Goins, as he's known in the podcast. I love you guys that have two or three different names and make this extremely easy on me. So this is Andy Goins. Um, what are the seven FBS teams with at least 900 wins? Good. And I'll give you a bonus if you can name them in order. Uh, I know Michigan, Ohio State are one, two. Michigan's one for sure. Um, I know for a fact that Bama and Texas are in it, and they're t- they're like 
they're, one of them should, I think Bama should pass Texas, or maybe they did pass them last year, or they should pass them this year, depending on whether or not Texas is actually back. That's four. Uh, <laughs> obviously Notre Dame. Um, oh, because of the, uh, what was the, um, Oklahoma. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I know this. I know this. You should know this. Oh, my God. It's Nebraska. Yep. Okay. It's so also, hold on, hold on. If it's 700, see, this is, or 900, There's that's seven? Yep. Yeah, that's seven. So, okay. All right. There's there's another one, but it doesn't count. It's like, it's like Harvard. It's not Harvard. It's like an Ivy. I don't know. But that, okay, that's seven. That's fine. There's another one, though, that doesn't count. But it's not like an FCS so school. You, it's so you had Michigan, Ohio State, and then who did you have as three and four? I never could tell who your final pick was. I'm gonna put Bama ahead of ahead of. I think Bama's behind Texas. I think they, there are two behind Texas or something stupid. They're I mean, one um, behind Texas. Okay. They're one behind Texas. Yep. Yep. All that changes Michigan, Ohio this year, State, brother. Texas, Alabama. Okay. They're one place behind um, Texas. I don't know how many games they are. They're one place behind Texas. That's one through four? Because I would have had Notre Dame probably ahead of Bama and Texas. No, so Notre Dame, Nebraska, that. and Oklahoma all have 901. The last three all had 901 wins. They were all three times. Oh, okay. So you could have named those in any order. So, oh, I would have definitely had Notre Dame up there. All right, number 10, from also from Andy Owens. Um, in the 2004 Emerald Bowl, Navy actually managed to maintain possession of the ball for four, 14 minutes and 42 seconds of the fourth quarter on one 26-play possession. But an SEC team in 2006 managed to actually possess the ball an entire quarter of a game. Oh who was the team and who were they playing? I will absolutely never forget this for several, several reasons. <laughs> it was my dad's birthday. It was 2006. I do remember that. I and it was Auburn because your boy, Connor, Tommy Tuberville, vote for Tuberville. Um, <laughs> they had the ball the entire, like, you say, did you already say the quarter? Because I, was it the second or third yep, quarter? Yeah, the, the third quarter, okay. the entire third quarter. Okay, remember, they got like to kick off after the half and kept the ball. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then for whatever reason, because it's Tommy Tuberville, he onside kicked, and then they got it back. But then, like, I, I think they only scored – they scored less than 10 points in the quarter, though. It was, like, a weird, bizarre – like, like it, it wasn't like they just drove it down their throats. It was, like, the most boring, methodical I, – I don't think they – they definitely didn't score two touchdowns. I don't remember that part of it. But I know yep. for a fact it was, it was against – because it was against Spurrier, and they kept showing Spurrier on the sideline with that stupid – I think there's – I think there's an actual picture from it where he's got his visor pulled down over his eyes and he's got his arms crossed like, you got to be effing kidding me. Like, how do I get the ball back? What is happening right now? Yeah. So they took the halftime kickoff. They went almost eight minutes and uh, kicked a field goal. Then they kicked an onside kick and went almost seven minutes that time. And in the very first play of the fourth quarter, scored a touchdown. So they scored a field goal in 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Jeez. Wow. It's very Vandy of you, Auburn. If we're going to do – like – yeah, that's that's all right. So is that is that that's ten of them? Yeah, that's ten of them. I, I would say you got an eighty-five out of it. And I, oh, hey, I got a bonus. Uh, no, I got one. I got, no, I got one from Mickey Sheremy. 
Come on, man. Let me give me oh, one from Mickey Sherman because he always comes up with right, these weird ahead. hard ones. Go ahead. What is the nickname that was given to the 1994 Auburn versus LSU game and why? Tiger Bowl? Uh, it was – hold on. The 94 game was with Frank Sanders and they had – who was the – and Beasley, I think his name was the number 80 – shit. Shoot. Sorry. Um, the let's 94 play, play game? Well. Yes, sir. <laughs> 1994, Auburn versus LSU. Auburn had a tie that year, but I don't think it was against – it might have been against LSU because they beat Florida. They, so, Auburn went into that Iron Bowl that year in, in 91 at like tw- – 94, 94, They 94. had lost – yeah, okay, 94. They had lost in – they went 11-0 in 93, and I think they were 9-0-1 in 94, I think. Because they – I don't know. Tiger Bowl. It was a day game, I think. It was a day game. I remember watching this one. It is actually called the interception game. Despite being up 23 to 9 oh, in yeah. the fourth quarter. <laughs> and only allowing one first down in the second half, LSU threw five interceptions in the fourth quarter with three of them being returned for a TD to lose 30 to 26. Almost impossible to do. <laughs> Almost impossible. Wait, so, okay, so they didn't tie that game. Didn't they? Did they have no, a loss no. thing going? I'll just look that up later. That's good. Okay. The I know they had a good. tie. I know they had a tie because Alabama had actually gone undefeated in '92 and then had a tie and lost the next week in '93. And Auburn went undefeated in '93 and then had a tie and a loss the very next week in '94. It was kind of okay. weird. But, next year, yeah. So I, who was the tie yeah, to? So. Who was the tie to in '93, Jay? And what was the score? Dude, no, I have no idea, man. You're, you're Tennessee, seventeen, <laughs> seventeen, Derek. David Palmer went in for a two-point conversion to tie it up, seventeen to seventeen, and then later, you know, as as we all know, he apparently had a thousand yards receiving, and I dressed up as him for Halloween. That was good. That's good you stuff. Completely forgot. <laughs> so I'll give you an eighty-five, so, an eighty-five out of hundred, because you got some bonus the, back for naming the uh, the uh, the nine hundred wins in order. Good okay. job. Because I was okay. going to say he got two wrong. There was two. There was two wrong <laughs> overall. But if there's bonus points back, then yeah, all right. And 85 is fair. That's that's still pretty I'm, solid. I, the first thing I'm doing, and I honestly might even do it while you, while you're answering a fourth and wrong question, Connor, is I am looking up that record because I could have sworn maybe it was 56 and 56. I don't know. Either either way, whatever. Good work. Anyway. That was fun. That was a good one. That was a good one. Very impressive. Thank you to everybody oh, who gave us we questions. Did. Yeah, we did. We did all right. We we hung in there. That's okay. Didn't take too much of a beating. Thank you to everybody who gave us questions. Continue to, to give those questions to our guy Jay. Um, and maybe maybe one of these weeks, I don't want to say that we're ever gonna we're ever gonna completely stump Marler. We're not gonna get a, a total shutout. But I'd like to think that we can at least get down to like the baseball batting average category. For I got. Marler. I will say the eighty five the eighty five percent on this one is I, like I want to retire off of it because it's really impressive obviously but I mean I, I was lucky on on the like Savannah I, I about said Birmingham and there was oh and the Pat Dye thing the Pat Dye thing is just obvious because it's like who like no one else knows any players from 1959 like that's I mean come on so <laughs> no there you go oh right. Willie right, Scooty so McGee on the upside so the way we're doing it now is going to be a little bit different, guys. And so 100%, rather than having a theme, we're just going to go 100% with y'all's questions from now on. So as you guys send me questions, it's 100% going to be you guys trying to stump Marla from here on out. No more of me because I have shown that I, I clearly fail at this. So so send me some questions. Say it again. Yeah, there you go. All right. 
<laughs> Jay, appreciate you coming yeah. on as always. You want to give us our signature sign off that maybe maybe you'll get right this time. I believe in you. All right, I'm going to really try it this time. I promise. It might mean too much. Might mean too much. Boom. Love you guys. Love, it. Love you guys. Talk to you guys soon. Love you more. Bye. 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 Crap.